But we're going to read just a few verses from Ephesians chapter 4, from verse 11 to 16. And it's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says in Ephesians 4, 11, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is, Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Last week, as I sat in my first office bearers meeting in the church where we're currently attending, the man to my left, uh, in passing, really, in talking about something else, uh, commented on the fact that he's part of the pastoral search committee of the church. And he said the following, and I quote, If we ever do find a suitable candidate, I want to make clear I'll be voting against. That's a quote. Um, I was surprised at that from a member of the pastoral search committee and wondered if we were stumbling on one of the reasons why the church has struggled for so many years to find a pastor. We don't have one at the moment. And uh, was looking for him to sort of unpack that a little bit more, and he added, I've had two pastors, and quite frankly, I'd be happy if I never have another one. Of course, there's reasons, aren't there? Uh, Spain's full of people, or maybe not full of people, but there are many people hurting because of wounds received from dictatorial or divisive pastors in the past, pastors or other different Christian leaders. And it made me so grateful, right? At that very moment, I was thinking about it. I was so grateful for the experience that I've had with many of you here at Windsor. Grateful for those who've pastored me in the past. Grateful for an experience of church life marked by consensus, wisdom from church leadership, mutual respect between eldership and membership, and harmony in church life. And I am so grateful for that. When you've experienced it, you think, why wouldn't people want to have that? But when you haven't had it, it looks rather different. Why are leaders so important in church life? Well, in this brief passage that we've read, Paul seems to be thinking of four steps that lead one to the other. He seems to say that pastors and teachers, at the end of verse 11, are there to prepare God's people, you could call that training, for service, that leads to growth into maturity. There's four key words for you that you can take away from this passage. Training for service that leads to growth into maturity. And we'll just take them each in turn very briefly this morning. Training. Better spiritual formation. 
because whilst it doesn't exclude the idea of courses for developing practical skills in ministry, the main emphasis here clearly is that the pastors and teachers are going to be using God's Word. That's what those five groups of people in the life of the church have in common, because Paul mentions apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. The apostles and prophets revealed God's Word, the evangelists spread God's Word, and pastors and teachers form others and shape them with God's Word. How do they do that? Well, they preach and they teach, they lead and they counsel according to the principles of God's Word, and in that way are shaping others. For what? For service, says Paul. He says, pastors and teachers prepare God's people for works of service. And it's important straight away to notice that the service is the service of all God's people. In the past, sometimes there was a pattern of speech in Christian churches to talk about the ministry carried out by the minister. But it's very clear from this passage that Paul is thinking in terms of the service that we all do, that we all serve that we all work in different ways. And if that doesn't happen, the body cannot grow. If we look at verse 16, he says, the whole body grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. There's different gifts. Isn't it amazing? God makes every snowflake different and every person different. And there's that whole range of gifts mentioned in the New Testament, at least 20 of them, and I don't think they're meant to be exhaustive lists. Everything from hospitality to showing mercy to administration to leadership to preaching to teaching to praying to giving and on and on. And we're all different. And we all have a different role to play. But we need them all. So then perhaps we don't need pastors. They're no better than anybody else. Maybe you could save money for the new building project. They're not better simply different. Is your thumb better than your fingers? Well, I think it's a very strange way of thinking about things. But together with the fingers, the thumb allows us to grip things, working together. Or is the starting engine of your car better than the pistons of the car? It's not the right category to apply. But the starting engine does get the rest of the motor working. And the preaching and teaching and counseling of God's Word motivates the other gifts into action. It reveals them because there are people who are convinced they have the gift of encouragement. And then you come along afterwards and help the person to their feet who has just been encouraged. Do we know people like that? And there's other people who are convinced that what they do is not a gift at all. And yet, when they administer, things fall into place. And other people instinctively look to them and follow their lead. They are clearly leading. And yet they think they're just doing what comes naturally. But it's their gift. And the elders discern it. So they discern and encourage and motivate and coordinate those gifts. I like the image of an orchestra. I recently, just about three weeks ago, saw the film Amadeus again, which was made before about 50% of the congregation was born. Uh, but it is a good film. And in one part of that uh, film, the young Mozart was boasting about a piece he had written in which it starts with just one instrument playing, and then he introduces a second one, and then a third one. And someone's nodding. Some of you have seen the film, or at least can remember it. And he boasts that he is able to sustain that for 20 minutes as different instruments are added, 
Well, if you just had the director and one violin, it's a rather bald piece. But the richness of the harmonies that are added with all the different instruments create the total experience. And it's the same in the life of the body of Christ. That richness is impossible if we're not all serving. And that is what leads to the growth that Paul is talking about. He talks about growth in two different aspects. If you notice that, he says in verse 12, the preparation of God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And then he says, growing a bit further down, growing no longer being infants, but growing. In what aspects do we grow? Verse 13, in the faith, in what we believe, in increasing understanding of what God has revealed through his word. But not only in that, but in the experience of Christ. I think that's what Paul is driving at when he talks about the knowledge of the Son of God in the middle of verse 13. I currently am mentoring a student who's doing the systematic theology course, and one of the things they have to do every week is write uh, an addition to their own personal statement of faith. They read what Augustine said about something, or Wesley, or Calvin, or whoever, and then they have to decide, what do I believe? And add another sentence to their personal statement of belief and defend that from passages of Scripture. That's a useful exercise. Here's another one. Imagine that we are blind and no longer able to read more of God's Word. Imagine that we become deaf and are unable to hear more of what other people tell us. And now we have to speak, drawing only from our memory of our experience of God. And now we have to speak out of that and say, I know God is... What can we put into that sentence? I know that Christ is because of that experience, because of what he has been in my life, looking back. What would you put into that sentence? The experience of Christ. How far have we grown in that aspect? And it's, I think, so fascinating that Paul expects this to lead to increasing unity. Until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. Part of the richness of Christian fellowship is that you can go around the world, meet people that you've never come across before, and speak about Christ, and you can sense a sort of glow in the other person because they love Christ too. And you don't create that bond. You don't forge that. It's there because the Spirit of God is dwelling in that person as in you. And it almost seems like Paul has in mind a picture where from all over the earth we're growing towards each other, towards Omega Point, where we all reach together an overlapping and deepening experience of who Christ really is. I find this stunning. There's something in this that I have to admit moves me. And then we notice the stunning little word, the shortest word in English, in a way, in the passage, we, until we become mature. Then, verse 14, we 
will no longer be infants. Do you understand the implications of Paul writing we in that sentence? It means that there's a limit to how far he can grow if the Ephesians don't grow. Growth comes together. You can't build the right-hand side of a house right up to the roof without starting with the foundations and the ground floor and the first floor of the left-hand side of the house. A baby's legs don't grow to full size, and then afterwards its spinal column growing to adult size, and then after that its arms grow to adult... No. It grows in harmony. The whole body grows together in parallel. We've already moved into the fourth concept that Paul talks about, reaching maturity. What is he talking about? Three things about that maturity. It means stability, verse 14. No longer being infants tossed back and forth by the waves and the winds, not blown about by every latest fashion in in thinking, reacting to it, understanding it. Yes, not blown about by it. Not seduced, because once you've tasted God, what else can possibly compare to that? Stability and harmony. Speaking the truth in love. God builds us up. God gives us his spirit. God gives us his word. But his truth normally is mediated to us through other people. Speaking the truth in love. Because we all have our blind points, our blind spots. In roundabouts, you should always look out for L drivers and missionaries who are back, who are used to driving on the other side of the road and are looking over the wrong shoulder trying to work out where their blind spot is. There are things that I will never see about myself unless you and other people who love me will take me aside and say, Andrew, do you not realize that when you said that, you really hurt that other person? Andrew, do you really think you're doing the right thing when you do that? Andrew, there's this area in your life, you're still struggling here. It's years now. What can we do together? Can we be mutually accountable? Can we pray for each other? We're not going to grow beyond a certain place without interdependence with other people in the body. Families are meant to be where we learn to love, and church families also, speaking the truth in love. There's things about myself I'll never see, and there's aspects of Christ's glory I will never learn to appreciate unless you help me, unless other people contribute too. The third and final aspect of that maturity that Paul is talking about is ongoing growth because we don't stop. It's as if a reaction begins. He talks about growing in all things up into Christ in verse 15. And this staggering phrase in verse 13, maturity attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Paul expects local church as part of the universal church to grow into a maturity that reflects the image of Christ. The final frontier is not space. I didn't do my research to find out how many years it takes for any space vehicle that we launch to even get to the edge of our solar system. And of course, that's just, you know, dipping a toe into the edge of the pond. Uh, as a child, uh, I used to walk along 
in the beach in Spain and look out and just look at the horizon. You know, you'd go in until you're up to here and then think, you know, miles into the ocean. How far have we got into knowing who Christ really is? And Paul expects that the church will put together the shattered million pieces of that mirror shattered in the fall so that finally the glory of Christ may be reflected to the universe. That, that's what we're aiming for. Doesn't it capture us? We're only just writing the first sentence in the first paragraph of the introduction, as C.S. Lewis said at the end of his Narnia books. What are Christian leaders for? They're the train God's people for service, leading to growth into ever-deepening maturity. I've had four objectives in this brief time with you in God's Word this morning. I didn't tell you at the beginning. But I want to thank you for your support as we seek to do what little we can to train leaders for evangelical churches in Spain. Secondly, I've wanted to encourage you to value what you have. Christian leaders serving in sincerity and out of a heart that wants to serve Christ are a great gift to a local church. I want to motivate you to do your part because we need it all. We need all the richness and diversity of the gifts that Christ gives by his Spirit. And finally, I want to send you home a little hungry. I don't mean late for your dinner. I want to send you home a little hungry for more of Christ. May God grant that to us.